It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Good Monday morning to you. Hoping each and every one of you had a wonderful weekend and it was uh, Father's Day. And if you were a father yesterday, we hope that you were very much uh, looked after, but very much thinking of people who lost fathers. It can be a really difficult time. I think the first Father's Day uh, after the the death of a much loved father can always be very difficult. The same thing happens, I know, on on Mother's Day uh, as well. So we uh, think of all of the dearly departed fathers as well who all played uh, such roles in our lives. So hoping your weekend went uh, really well. There was a lot of uh, rain fell certainly over the weekend and already seeing that Met Air in our warning about further thunderstorms in the first half of this week and they're giving out the warning as I've just mentioned on the weather forecasts there that it could lead to some localised uh, flooding right around the country and of course a significant clear up is still continuing uh, today in the town of Tralee. They had torrential rain on Saturday which led to flooding flooding that was damage caused to a number of business premises and I saw some of the video footage and it looked like it was rain of biblical proportions uh, in poor old uh, Tralee and seemingly at the height of the heavy rain and thunderstorms up to about 10,000 homes were actually without power and the ESB network crews they were working throughout Saturday and Sunday to repair the outages and get power back to people as uh, quickly as possible so the outlook for the first half of this week is for more of that unsettled weather uh, with thunderstorms forecast and temperatures. They'll be in the high teens to low 20s, so they, it'll still be uh, quite mild. But then as we go through the week, the temperatures are going to go up again. For example, on Thursday, Metairn are expecting temperatures in some parts of the country could be up at, at 24 degrees. But that thunderstorm activity uh, really caused a lot of damage with the flooding. Uh, but it also caused a lot of disappointment to GAA uh, fans. And this was to do with the broadcasting of matches on GAA Go that people have to pay for. Viewers who were watching the uh, Sam Maguire round robin and the Trelton Cup quarterfinals they all experienced disruption when the streaming service went down temporarily and it went down because of the thunderstorm activity that was passing over the country. Now it seems the matches that were affected included the Offaly versus 
Tipperary. That was the hurling match. And then the Cavan versus Down and Monaghan versus Donegal uh, games. And I, I saw online GAA go reacted straight away to the disruption and you know they were online apologising for the loss of the signal particularly on the awfully Tipperary game and you know they explained look it was adverse weather conditions and they had technicians trying to resolve the uh, issue but it seems the broadcast ended or it stopped in the 63rd minute that was and Tipperary of course won that match over Offaly but then it only returned when the match was finished and the man of the match was actually being interviewed so it came back after the final the final uh, whistle and social media needless to say lit up with people uh, complaining and people saying that the GAA go should issue refunds now I haven't seen anything well, certainly yesterday I hadn't seen anything about GAA go issuing refunds but there is precedent because in October of 2020 there was streaming problems were experienced by a number of people don't know I don't think it was to do with weather activity but I know there was, was, was problems back in 2020 and at that stage and at that time uh, GAA Go did issue compensation now whether they will refund people or not uh, only time will tell and of course there is a lot of controversy uh, surrounding that streaming service uh, only a number of weeks ago we were talking uh, about it especially when people felt that some of the very important games that were being put behind that paywall rather than it being free uh, free to air and, and we had some cork matches that people were very very annoyed at the thought that they would have to pay for it rather than being able to watch it for free 0818103103 I've just seen uh, a report in from our traffic department uh, to say that there's reports coming in of an over height vehicle which is stuck at the bridge on the N21 at the N25 sorry that's at Lakeview roundabout how some of these trucks get stuck onto these bridges I never know if we get any more on that I don't know what traffic I'm assuming it is causing traffic delays in that area so I would avoid that the bridge on the N25 at Lakeview roundabout as soon as we get any kind of an update on that uh, we will bring it to you 0818 103 103 anybody else in the area if you can update us uh, please do and I love when we get in really positive texts and commentary at the start of the programme and here's a lovely one in to say Hi Patricia I want to extend kudos gratitude and nothing but positive vibes to the organisers and fabulous community efforts of the Clonic Hill Street Carnival which happened last Saturday. It was brilliant. It was atmospheric. It was family friendly day out and even the weather played ball. It's a credit to the beautiful town of Clonakilty and its people. Long may it uh, continued, continue. And actually I was in uh, North Cork on Saturday morning and there was torrential rain and I was thinking of the Clonakilty Street Carnival and I was thinking of the people at the Cork Summer Show hoping that they weren't getting the same torrential downpours and then I saw fantastic footage from the street carnival in Clown where the sun was shining so you're right uh, the gods were even on the side of the organisers so well da- done to all of the organisers because a lot of work goes into that uh, street carnival in Clannacilty and good to know no name on that text but thank you to that listener texting us hi says listener 
And hi Trish and all at C103. I want to say thank you. I want tickets to go to see Christy Moore live in the Marquee. Great show once again by Christy. And normally the Christy Moore is one of those gigs live in the Marquee that sell out really, really quickly. I saw him a number of years ago and he's just incredible. And his voice sounds, doesn't it, as good as ever. Now normally don't call out uh, missing dogs because there literally will be too many of them. But in fairness, this dog has been microchipped. So hopefully with a microchip the dog will be found. But it's a Jack Russell that went missing in the Geneves Lombardstown area answers to the name of Bob and Bob has been missing since the thunder activity on Saturday um, and we have the details here if anybody comes across that little Jack Russell looking a bit lost but please take that as a note of caution and we did speak about it during our Vets Corner on Thursday be very careful dogs get very spooked during thunder activity and they can run off make sure your dog is microchipped but keep them in uh, particularly when we know that thunder has been forecast 0818 103 103 Now Cork County Council is writing to all of the waste collection companies that collect our rubbish across the country to raise the issue of some collections taking place too early in the morning. The issue was raised by Fianna Fáil Councillor Seamus McGrath who joins me with his concerns this morning. Good morning to you Seamus. Good morning, Patricia. And, uh, Thanks for having me well, on. well, you're welcome. Now, many people will be unaware that there is a curfew on the time that a waste collection company can actually start their collections. Explain that to us, please. Yeah, indeed. Um, so within a certain speed limit zone, um, within the 60 kilometre speed limit zone, and I suppose that's, that's intended to apply to urban areas, essentially uh, built up areas and residential areas. There is an early morning um, curfew as such um, in that they should not start collections until after 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, and, and that's been in place for some time. So, you know, the restrictions on the waste collection permits would, would set that out as a condition that collections should not commence prior to 6 a.m. within the 60-kilometer speed limit zone or in the 50-kilometer speed limit zone. Outside of that, you know, in more, I suppose, sparsely populated areas where you wouldn't have the concentration of houses and so on, they are entitled to go earlier than that. Um, and, the re- and the reason for it, um, Seamus? Well, essentially that people are entitled to a night's sleep. Um, you know, you have been trucks coming into residential estates. They create a lot of noise. They're backing. They have hooters on. You know, bins are being dragged along the road. The curbside, empty bins rattling. You know, at this time of the year with people having windows open because of the heat and so on, you know, it, it, it's almost impossible to stay asleep uh, during a bin collection. Let's be honest about it. So, I suppose it's there for for good reason. People are entitled to a good night's sleep, and there are noise restrictions and time time restrictions applied to other forms of activity. For example, if a construction site was next to you, they are not supposed to start construction work until a certain time in the morning, maybe seven thirty a.m. or whatever. And um, so that that's why they are essentially yeah. there those restrictions. But and unfortunately, I have, to, I have to say the the ga- the glass bin collection, the curbside collection for yeah. glass, is a fantastic. Um, uh, service I have to say but by God when they collect those glass bins they do make a noise Absolutely so like you know I live in Carrickline Town as you probably know and where I, where I live you have four different bins um, and so that, that involves four different trucks now they don't obviously all come every week but you have different companies operating then as well so um, you know most estates would have a couple of trucks coming into their area every week um, and it, I suppose my my motion came about because of complaints that I was receiving from residents um, over over a prolonged period. And, you know, I would have followed up with those complaints through the environment section of the council. And to be fair to them, they did indeed contact the companies. And, and there were various reasons given for, you know, for breaches of the conditions, you know, that it was a mistake, that 
you know, they've corrected their procedures and so on like that. But unfortunately, it seems to keep happening. Um, and, and that's why I wanted the council to, across the board, write to all these selectors, highlight the issue and remind them of the condition. Um, and look, it is it is important that people get a good night's sleep. Mm. And I know you can, you know, you might say it's not the most important thing in the world, but it, but it is. And you have people with young children, you have elderly people, you have across age groups. Um, it is important that um, well, you've, you know, you've got families with a very could have a very small uh, baby that they just got off to sleep and they're trying to get another hour or two before it's time to get up and maybe have to work or get the rest of the kids going. And next, if the bins are banging and clattering outside and the, the baby wakes, oh, my God, it's just it can be it can be an absolute nightmare. And you're right, I think, because of the warm nights that we've been experiencing, we're all sleeping with the windows open. We are, and like, look, I mean, not to overplay the issue, but you'll always, you'll always read from a health point of view, one of the most important things um, is your night's sleep and a good, you know, six to seven, eight hours night's sleep, whatever, depending on, on your own personal circumstances. But we all know if you don't get a proper night's sleep and not functioning properly the next day, it can have an impact across a whole household, let's be honest about it. So it, it is important that these rules are applied and that they're, they're maintained and that there is a certain level of enforcement um, when breaches occur. And, and that's what I was highlighting. And look, the council across the chamber, there were a number of councillors came in, supported the motion, and it was agreed that the county council would write to the bin connection companies uh, to highlight this. And look, they have a job to do, and I understand that. It's a critical service they provide. It's an excellent service. You know, we put our bin out to the, to the, foot, to the footpath, and it's collected, and, and it's a great service. And I know the workers have a job to do as well. But look, there are conditions there, and all I'm saying is they need to be adhered to because they're there for a reason. And when when you say it was because you were hearing from from some of your constituents in Carrigaline, when you raised it at council level, did other councillors say that they're getting similar complaints? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there were a number of councillors spoke in the motion um, from across the county. To, to be perfectly honest, um, and 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 highlighted that they also are receiving complaints. And I think it's particularly in the urban areas, as I say. You know, it, it probably doesn't have the same impact in your long rural roads and so on because people would have long drives by and large and you don't have been trucks backing up, you know, within the state, outside houses and so on. So it is a different set of circumstances and I appreciate that. And that is why they are entitled to start earlier in those locations. Uh, so it is within the 60 kilometre speed limit zone, uh, 60 or less speed limit zones that it, that it applies. Um, and, and as I say, they're, they're, that, that condition is there for good reason, but unfortunately... The adherence to it has slipped over time and, and I think it's an important time to put a reminder to all the waste collection companies that it's there for good reason and it needs to be followed up on. And what are you saying to, to people listening if, you know, because you will have, some people now will be nodding their heads going, oh God, yeah, that's happening in my area, uh, but people have just been putting up putting up with it. Are you saying that people have complaints about bins being collected too early, that, would you encourage them to contact Cork County Council? I, I absolutely would, and as part of the motion, to be fair, the senior engineer who responded did provide contact details, and I can provide them to yourselves after. after yeah, I go um, on the uh, yeah, and we'll keep them on file if anybody wants yeah. to. If 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 anybody has a particular area where you feel the bins are just being collected too early, and I don't know if you can help with this one, but John has been on to say there was an agreement made in Ringeskiddy that containers wouldn't start work until 5am in the morning. That's either loading or discharging of containers. He said it was fine for a while, but now they appear to be working around the clock without stopping. He said it's keeping local residents awake and it can even affect those people living in the west end of Cove, depending on the way the wind is blowing. Can anything be done about that? Yeah, well, I suppose, Patricia, there has been ongoing issues there with, you know, local communities in the Port of Cork in terms of noise. 
And to be fair to all sides, um, there is quite a strong consultative committee in place to discuss these issues. And I sit on one of those myself, which brings to the residents and representatives from the Port of Cork. And we discuss these issues on an ongoing basis. And look, there, there are certainly times when noise is an issue. And to be fair to the Port, they do try and follow up on those issues. So it's an ongoing issue. And it's something that there's quite a good structure in place now to, to discuss and to try and address those concerns. Um, but yeah, look, absolutely. And again, it's this time of year, noise travels, um, you know, and people are entitled to a good night's sleep. You warm nights and it can, be, it can be a challenge at the best of times. Mm. But if you have noise at 5 a.m. Um, impacting in places like Wingskiddy, Monkstown Cove and so on like that, where the port is located close to, um, it is an issue and it's something we're acutely conscious of. Um, and as I say, I do sit in a committee where we meet quite regularly with representatives of the board, including the chief executive. So they are taking the matter seriously and they are trying to put measures in place to reduce uh, you know, the impact of noise in the local community. Uh, but look, it's something we need to be, um, we need to continue our vigilance on. Yeah, Lorraine in East Cork said, so glad to hear that this issue is being uh, raised. I've been woken countless mornings at 5am and I can never get back to sleep, particularly with the warm nights we are experiencing. OK, listen, we leave it there. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Seamus. If you get an thank update you. on that, bring it to, uh, to us. I would be interested in hearing it from you. But thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Much, much appreciated. Good morning. That is Carrigaline based Fianna Councillor uh, Seamus McGrath on bins being collected too early in the morning. There is a curfew of 6am. 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text your WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Now, some people coming, not in defence of the bin companies, but explaining that maybe what, what is happening. For example, Trish in Blackpool was on to say that occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally in her area, they can have bin collection anytime between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. in the morning. And she feels one of the reasons is that during the day, people seem to park their cars anywhere, just abandon the cars. So the bin trucks, which are big, big vehicles, can have difficulty during the normal working day getting the trucks in to collect the bins. So she reckons... That could be one of the reasons that some of the bin collection companies, while they might try to get in and collect the bins and when they can't, they then come back in the small hours of the morning. And Declan Abandon is pointing out that um, that his bin provider actually states you need to have your bins out before 3am in the morning. So Declan said what they do is they put their bins out um, the night before. So why are bin companies telling you to have your bins out before 3am in the morning? If in the service agreement that was pointed out to us by Seamus McGrath, it actually states that they can't collect bins before 6am. And that's the reason that the council now are going to write to the bin collection companies to say, look, you signed an agreement with us and this is the agreement that you signed and the agreement states to give everybody, you know, a decent night's sleep. And some people, once they get their night's sleep interrupted at all, they find it really, really hard to get back to sleep. And I know certainly we'll have Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub 
join us later on for her nutritional uh, slot and I think a week doesn't go by where we don't get in somebody saying that they're having difficulty sleeping and sleep can be a huge huge issue for a lot of people so the last thing you need is you've just gone off to sleep and then suddenly the, the poor old bin men are out collecting and start banging and clattering and the beeping noise of the bin truck when it's reversing it's always really loud as well and as I made the point I was talking with Seamus it's when they come to collect the glass bins so I know they only do, certainly our glass bins I think only get collected every three months but they make a massive massive racket 0818103103 now Bin and Clannacilty has been on to us and this is to do with a breaking news story from Barry Row Offshore Energy they've just announced their intention they're winding down the business and they have suspended trading in all of their shares. They say the company now will will initiate an orderly wind down of the business. They say an EGM will be held next Monday, next month and that's to seek shareholder approval. They're going to appoint a liquidator to the uh, company. Uh, Obviously they're very disappointed about about having to do this. They say earlier this month, the energy exploration company says it was engaging with the largest shareholders regarding potential, potentially providing future funding to the company. But they said the move followed the recent, what they say is surprising and extremely disappointing decision by the Minister for the Environment to refuse to grant a lease undertaking to allow it continue its work on the main prospect off the south coast of Ireland and they say if funding wasn't secured uh, in the short term one of the options being considered by the board was the orderly wind down of the company and that was the statement that they made earlier this month and they've decided now that that's what they are going to do so they've issued a statement this morning it's come from the chairman of Barry Row Offshore uh, Peter Newman uh, said it's been disappointing deeply frustrating time for the shareholders, the management and the board. They say the funding solution put in place in November of 2022 secured £40 million held on deposit in an escrow account and that was needed to draw down um, that they could draw that down as needed and that would cover the costs of the proposed appraisal work but uh, they now it's they've they've said no it's financially now they can't go ahead with what the minister uh, announced last uh, month so they ended by saying the country now has lost an opportunity to improve Ireland's energy security to reduce the emissions associated with importing gas and all oil and also obviously to provide employment and future tax revenues and to diversify the country's sources of primary energy supply and he said all of this would have come at no cost to the public apart. So that news as I say is just breaking and I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about it but Billy and Clannacilty was on to say three ministers based in Cork and a Green Party minister they've all pulled the plug on a multi-million euro operation off Barry Row Bill says the spin-off to Cork and West Cork would have been huge and indeed overall for the country. He said the port of Cork would have been buzzing with oil tanks as would have Bantry. And uh, Bill is interested this morning in hearing the views of other listeners on this. He said we will always need oil and we can see how other countries benefit from having their own oil produced uh, locally. 
I mean, I know people from a green, from uh, the green, the greens uh, are, will certainly be happy with this news. And from an environmental point of view, we're told we should be moving away from uh, fossil fuels. But the news certainly has come with a lot of disappointment in the area because it certainly would have generated uh, employment. Mary says she lives in Buttervent and, and her bin collection, she never hears them coming and going. <laughs> they go about their work. She said, will people ever stop complaining? Ah, but that's all well and good, Mary. But if you're being woken up in the small hours of the morning and you have a cantankerous baby who's just been woken up as well it ain't too good and someone else says hi Patricia it doesn't make sense for it it doesn't make sense for the bins to be collected early in the morning if the bins were collected between 8 and 9 in the morning could you imagine the traffic congestion so it does make sense I think is what the point is it does make sense for bins to be collected early yeah but I think what the councillor is saying they do allow the bins to be collected earlier early but not before 6am the kind of deem 6am people should be up and about or it's a kind of a getting up time for most for well for a lot of people not everybody gets up at 6am but a lot of people uh, do but anything earlier than that they say is simply interrupting somebody's night's sleep I mentioned Barry Row and the disappointing news coming out of Barry Row this morning Jim says Patricia it's crazy uh, Eamon Ryan of the Green Party not allowing the Barry Row company to trade and as a result will end up having to impact Import more oil instead. Faster that we get the greens out of government, the better, says Jim. We'll be importing everything. Like Michael Healy Ray said, we will be bringing in beef from Brazil soon because they'll want to cull all our own cattle. What about the carbon footprint of all of this? Uh, importing all these items, the transportation costs and the admissions. Let me stay on the issue of Barry Rowe. Willie is in Glanmire, also <laughs> reacting to this news. Good morning to you, uh, Willie. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, you disappointed to hear Barry Rowe uh, are going to go into liquidation? Yeah, well, I tell you, it's, it's the contradictions of Mr. Ryan. I just can't figure out that man at all. He, he won't give them uh, uh, permission to... to for their, 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 you know, contract yeah. uh, of getting oil. But he never he never tells us where the lithium from the batteries come from. For, that, the, that, for the electric cars. Yeah, I mean, he wants to put a million electric cars on the road to get the lithium to for a million electric cars. You have to do a lot of mining, and it's open cast mining, and you've got to destroy the ecosystem. There was a, an article there on the Euro News on you within the last week. There's a big vein of it found in Portugal, and in order to get at it, it's open cast mining, and they're going to have to destroy acres and acres of, of, of vegetation. And, yeah. and the other the other thing is, I mean, I was talking to a man the other day who was, you know, the makeup of an electric battery, that they're so lethal, if, if a bus crashed and, and the battery was, was damaged, because you are poisoned. And yeah. there's an issue as well, isn't there, around the... The lifespan of yeah. the batteries for an electric oh, yeah. car. Yeah, I was saying, John Paul, there about the last year, he had a man on there promoting the electric car from the from the trade, and I rang in with him, how how much will it cost to replace the battery? Mm. He couldn't tell us. Like, I mean, yeah, they're I mean, hoping they're hoping they'll come down in price, but that's oh, how yeah. la- that's but how long is a piece of string? Yeah, as it is, like, I I've heard figures of five and ten thousand. But nobody's saying anything about that. And then to dispose of this man, who seems to have a good knowledge, he said they are going to have to be, when they've come to the end of their life, they're going to have to be put in concrete bunkers. Yeah, no? yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. 
Just then you're picking a poke, really. I, I, but the Greens, the Greens want us to move away from fossil fuels. And I think everybody knows we like the environment, we have a problem. We know about climate yeah. change uh, and all of that. But we have to do things very slowly. Yeah, but they take the battery. You say we have to. But the poison that's in these batteries, <laughs> you know, and if if one of them gets damaged, apparently we could, you could be poisoned. Yeah, it's, it's so. I don't know. I just don't. Yeah. And this, of and course, Barry Rowe would have brought a lot of employment oh, to oh, the area. Yeah, yeah. And I even thought, you know, the, the CEO, obviously very disappointed, obviously he is because his company is, yeah. is winding up, was making the point about, you know, the employment. But there's also future tax revenues yeah. and it would diversify the country's yeah. sources of primary energy supply yeah. um, at no cost to the public purse, yeah. which, is, which is something that's, that's important. And look, look at the bogs already. So we're, we're importing both those of peat moss now, you know. <laughs> and it'll yeah, be the same. And it'll be the same. Like if, if the farmers have to reduce their, their cattle herd and the cows, somebody else is going to have to increase their herd and we'd be importing milk from the <laughs> I and do you remember a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, I did an interview with the Irish Farmers Journal note yeah. picked up on it, where wood yeah. chips were coming into Galway and there was all trucks lined up and they were being sent to Eden Dairy and they were replacing yeah. what was the tea, the peat powered That's station right. yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and because yeah. they weren't producing the peat. And yeah, the wood chips were coming from Brazil, and it just I, and you're I thinking know, it, So that's it, the rainforests that we're trying to yeah. protect. They're this cutting it, those like, down. It, it just made no sense at all. And, and I don't know, I beg us to believe, but just uh, one other thing, I discovered that his mother was from Bantry, Mr. Ryan's mother. Oh, Eamon Ryan's mother, yeah. 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 And I discovered that when she was a coddy nog, I, and I was a gar soon, and there we were only two doors between us. Be careful now, <laughs> where is this going, Willie? <laughs> Not a bit, well, no, but it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I, 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 she was Mary Cattle. And and did you know her? Oh God, yeah. Her, her father was in the bank, and they moved. Of course, the bank people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and she had a brother, Tom, who became a dentist. And as it happened, my sister was with North in England, and she went to look for a dentist one time. And who did she? Tom I thought, but, but you were saying, I thought you were about to say that you had romanced Damon Ryan's mother. I thought that's where it was leading no, to, but it didn't. I, no, no. no okay, I heard, just I, checking. I've heard, I've heard the expression. I knew her mother in court. Yeah. sister, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Willie, thank you for that, and have a great day. Bye bye. Bye bye. Can anyone offer advice to John in Blackpool, who lives in an old house that has an old doorknob and? letterbox. It's a brass doorknob and letterbox and it's now gone a very dark uh, colour and he'd love to bring it back to the original brass, you know shiny and new. Would anyone have advice? I would say get out with the good old brasso you're going to have to do a lot of uh, scrubbing, uh, I would imagine, uh, John. But does anybody else, is, uh, and Brasso is still on the market. You can still purchase that, I think, in, a, in any uh, supermarket. But And there's nothing more 
satis- that can give so much satisfaction as getting something in brass that is very discoloured and bringing it back to its original uh, shine. So certainly if you get Brasso, uh, John, but it'll need a bit of elbow grease. But make sure you take a before and after photograph as well. And on the news this morning that the Barry Row Offshore Energy is to wind down its uh, business. And this is on a decision um, that an announcement made by the leader of the Green Party, Eamon Ryan. Uh, somebody says, we're only a dot in the world map. Where are the Greens going with all of this? If agriculture is going to go well, then no one will go hungry. At the end of the day, we can't eat trees says this listener. And somebody else says when you're talking about importing other items we stopped making briquettes in this country and guess what now we import them from Poland instead. It makes no sense. John says, hi Patricia, pre-Covid John says, I attended an excellent presentation in Bandon Town Hall on the West Cork Railway Network. Imagine how many cars could be taken off the road if these services were still in operation. We certainly would be closer to our climate change targets. Closing rail services nationwide was a terrible decision that still has implications today says uh, John and John so says a lot of people listening to this programme whenever we mention railway lines people say one of the worst things that happened was the closure certainly from West Cork's point of view was the closure of the railway uh, lines it certainly would be taking a lot of cars and heavy vehicles goods because you could be transporting items as well on the railway railway line if it had remained in place and then somebody else says on Barry Row has Barry Row ever found, found oil because if they haven't then surely we're still importing the same amount of oil. Well okay, the Barry Row field it's estimated to hold about 300 million barrels of recoverable oil. That's if it ever saw uh, the light of day. And if it ever does see the light of day, it would be Ireland's first commercial oil field. Now Everyone was predicting it was likely to be the last because it was in 2021 that the government banned further oil and gas exploration. Existing licences obviously were going to be honoured. So that's why Barry Row was going to be okay. And of all of the existing licence, Barry Row had looked by far to be the most likely to actually happen. But then in May of this year, it was announced by uh, Eamon Ryan who of course is the leader of the Green Party but he's also the Minister for the Environment, Climate, Communications and Transport. In May, he refused permission for a lease undertaking which I'm told is a key permit needed for the Barry Row offshore energy. It was a key permit they needed to progress uh, the site. Now the reason given by Eamon Ryan back in May was that he wasn't satisfied with the financial capability of the company. But then last month Barry Rowe came out, they released a statement, they say that they had uh, €176,000 of working capital left. They said that was enough to keep the operation in place for three weeks. So that three weeks then they were desperately trying to get the extra funding that they needed. But when Eamon Ryan came out with his statement in May, they say that scuppered any plans they had. They were going out to the market, they were hoping to raise another uh, £20 They then got locked into talks with their existing shareholders trying to get desperately needed funds and obviously the announcement today is showing that they weren't able to secure the extra cash that they needed and because of that they now have to wind down the company uh, instead and that is spelling the end of the Irish oil well and that's despite the fact that this company has already 
raised approximately 270 million from private investors during the last decade. Like we are 10 years talking about the oil field off uh, Barry Row. And I suppose the whole controversy is coming at a really pivotal time in this whole debate around fossil fuel. The oil and gas exploration ban, it was meant to be a sign from the Irish government that it really was intent on our country moving away from fossil fuels. Remember, we had committed to cutting our emissions in half by 2030, but we did a report out only last week saying we're nowhere near cutting our, or we will be nowhere near cutting the emissions by uh, 2030. So back in 2021, when the announcement was made that we weren't going to be doing any more exploration for oil or gas off the coast of Ireland, Eamon Ryan said at the time, by keeping the fossil fuels in the ground, he said what that was going to do was incentivise the transition to renewable energy. And he said he was putting us on the pathway to net zero emissions by uh, 2050. But the real uncomfortable truth about all of this is that we here in Ireland, we are desperately dependent on fossil fuel. I mean, the European uh, statistics agency Eurostat, they recently said that approximately 45% of Ireland's energy comes from oil. Now, that percentage has been down slightly in recent years, but it's still at 45%. And it makes us here in Ireland one of the most oil-dependent countries in Europe. And the thing is, all of it has to be imported. And that was why people who were singing the praises of of Barry Rowe they were saying projects like Barry Row would actually reduce our reliance on far, foreign fuels and it would make uh, our sources of energy obviously much more secure if we had our own oil fields. Uh, but industry sources are saying that the mood music from the Irish government now makes it very hard for our exploration firms to get the funding that they need, even for the likes of Barry Row, who already have a licence in uh, place. So certainly it is uh, bad news today for a lot of people, particularly people around uh, Barry Row, but also people who saw the bigger picture and saw, look, we are we in an ideal world we would love if we were all had we had fully transitioned to renewable energy but we're a long way off making that transition to renewable energy in the meantime we have the 45% of our, our energy coming from uh, oil and therefore so we are dependent on oil doesn't it make sense that even if some of that we could generate ourselves rather than all of it being uh, imported 0818 103 103 uh, John Paul uh, taking your calls uh, this morning and just by the way, there's a piece staying on kind of the whole thing with uh, energy and this is to do with more closer to home with our own electricity bills. I'm reading the Irish Independent today. Around They reckon around 130,000 households uh, are said to be hit with electricity and gas bill shocks and this is because many householders are coming to the end of a discounted deal that they would have signed up for in the last 12 months. Customers face huge increases increases in their bills because the high discount on the unit uh, price will now be withdrawn. And the warning comes as the leading energy expert, Paul Dean, he's in UCC. He said customers could see small price cuts uh, later on in the year. He's hoping around the autumn uh, we could be getting cuts of between 10 and 20%. Paul Dean says 
it takes seven to 11 months for lower wholesale energy costs to wash through the system. And this is all to do with what we've heard the energy cost, the energy companies say when they hedge, they buy the energy on the wholesale market and they buy months in advance. So it takes time for that to work its uh, way uh, through. So household energy costs, we know they have more than doubled in the past two years. The average house now, we're all paying around €2,000 a year for electricity. And before this energy crisis kicked off, that would have been closer to €1,000 a year. And Dara Cassidy of the price comparison uh, website bonkers.ie, he said electricity customers now are looking at paying an extra four to €500 a year. That's if they move from a discount that they may have been getting of between 30 to 40%. And they said now we'll be moving to a new discount of between 5 and 10%. He said people who use electricity as their main heating source, they're the ones who are going to pay even more. Energy suppliers stopped offering those big discounts. They were offering the big discounts at the time to attract people to switch from one energy provider to another energy provider. But when wholesale gas and energy prices started to shoot up, then the company stopped offering very big discounts. So Dara Cassidy said that the dual fuel customers who get gas and electricity from the same supplier, they could end up paying anything between 800 and and €1,000 extra this year on top of the prices they would have paid last year. And he said that's unless prices drop our competition for new customers increase. He said the figures are based on people who switch again and avail of a discount of up to 10%. That's kind of around the best you're going to get at the moment. Then he said there will be the customers who won't decide to switch and will just roll over. So they'll go on to the standard rate and they'll be losing between 40 and 50% of a discount. And Dara Cassidy in the papers today is breaking down the figures and he said more than 105,000 electricity customers and almost 29,000 gas customers switched suppliers between June and September of last year and they would have all locked into these discounts for the year. So a lot of those customers who signed up for the discount, it was a 12-month one, meaning their deals now are starting to come to an end in the coming weeks. And he said, looking forward, it, it, it does appear that gas and electricity prices will remain high, certainly for the foreseeable future. And he said, even if prices ease by what Paul Dean is saying between 10 and 20% before the en- end of the year. But Derek Cassidy said, no guarantee of that. But even if they do come down 10 and 20%, it's still going to leave prices way higher than where, where they were before this energy crisis uh, kicked in. And Derek Cassidy is calling on the government and he said that they really need to commit firstly to keeping the reduced, va- the reduced rate of VAT. But also he reckons the government are going to have to give further energy uh, credits and that is going to have to happen and you know I think the government are already kind of hinting they'll do it in the winter uh, months because already now people are starting to get their first of their electricity bills without the 200 euro energy credit and these are in the summer months when we don't use as much electricity as we do in the winter and people are already getting a bit of a shock when they open their electricity bill to see how high it has gone 0818103103 John Paul is taking your calls you can text you can whatsapp to 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs 
Truck drivers are wanted. It's for a ready mix plant in Cantark. Now, you must hold a full C licence. CVs to HR at duconconcrete.com. Part time kitchen porter is wanted at Longueville House in Mallow. CVs to info at longevillehouse.ie. A full-time general operative is wanted in Bandon. It's for CNC machining. Now, full training will be provided. You email jur at gtc at reliancevision.ie. And community employment positions are available in Formoy, in Kilworth and in Araglan. Now, no experience is necessary and accredited training will also be provided. You must be over 21. You must be in receipt of a qualifying social welfare payment for at least 12 months. And Michelle is your contact at 87 or you can pop into your local intro office. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The Labour Party is calling on the government to ban gambling ads on all media outlets. The call comes after the Guardian newspaper in Britain imposed a ban themselves. Senator Mark Wall says the government proposals here simply don't go far enough. And Senator Mark Wall uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and you're very welcome to the programme. I suppose start by reminding us what the government is proposing and why you feel it doesn't go far enough. Yeah, thank you very much. The government, uh, thankfully we've been talking about a gambling control bill since about 2013, Patricia, and the government have introduced it into the doll. It's actually passed second stage, and we're told by Minister Brown, who's responsible for it, that he envisages that it will pass all stages of this by the end of this year, which is a very, very positive step. So what the government are actually proposing in relation to gambling ads is that they're talking about a watershed at 9pm. Now, we feel that that given the fact that so many people are sitting down to watch, you know, their their, their TV at that stage, or maybe actually on social media at that stage, that we need to extend that. Because of the effect of these uh, gambling ads are having on people, so many people we're talking to are, are, are affected by them, and that's the reason we're looking to extend it to 24-7. Uh, this has been done in actually Belgium. It's actually coming into force on the 1st of July of this year, and you mentioned the Guardian Group, but they are also choose the self-regulated ban. So the conversations are happening, as we've mentioned before, would you? Uh, and, you know, we just need to see where this takes us in Ireland. And when you say the, a 9pm a, a watershed, it's kind of a little bit like the alcohol ads, would that cover social media as well? That's what we're informed, and, and that's why we need to have so many conversations. The government at the moment are, are, are telling us that they're preparing legislation or further legislation to be discussed at the Justice Committee to try and bring it back to the Rockets, which is very good that we will get to engage there, but we also want to engage, obviously, at Dáil and Shannon as well, to make sure that this legislation is, is, is fit for purpose and gets there. So at the moment, yes, that's, that's what's being proposed, okay. but as we say, we in the Labour Party and others indeed feel that it doesn't go doesn't far, go far enough. enough. We need to have, look at the have you know noticed, Mark, an increase in the amount of gambling ads. I was talking about this this morning in advance of you coming yeah. on the on the programme this morning. Gambling ads seem to be everywhere. 
And that's the problem, Tricia. Like, you know, you just can't sit down. Like I, I say, and I've said it a number of times, the gambling companies are very good. They've normalised sport and gambling. So when you're watching any form of sport now, the first thing you're going to be hit with is a gambling ad. There's a tsunami, literally, of gambling ads at every sporting occasion. And they want to associate sport and gambling, and that's just not good enough. We need to give our young people, indeed everybody, a chance to enjoy sport once again and feel they don't have to have a bet. So what, what's happening at the moment, uh, and very pr- productively by by the gambling companies is they, they want you to, to associate sport and gambling and when you're sitting watching that sporting event you feel you have to take out that phone or the laptop and have, have, have a gamble and that needs to be broken. Yeah, and I know over the years I've I've so many times discussed various forms of addiction on this programme. But the one big problem with gambling that has really changed uh, because of the Internet, once upon a time you'd have to go to the betting shops, you'd have to wait for the betting shop to open. Now your betting shop is in your bedroom on your smartphone. Yeah, that, that, that's huge. And one of the issues that I've got over the last number of years that, that, that we started this through the Shannon and through the, uh, the House of the Rockness is that when you speak to, to people who are actually gambling actually beside their partner, their loved one, on the couch while they're watching actually TV and they're on the phone, and this is happening in a number of households uh, in Ireland at the moment, and it's only when the, 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 the other partner or the other loved one receives that letter from a bank or mortgage company, you know, saying the mortgage hasn't been paid, that actually the information comes out, and often that's too late, Patricia. So... Thankfully, as I say, we're having these conversations now, uh, but we need to break that cycle, that association, and that's what the Labour Party bill is all about. And as I say, the good news is that a gambling regulator has been appointed for the first time in this country, uh, and that person is in situ at the moment, and they're doing some great work. I was at a conference with them two weeks ago, uh, you know, so that that, that is is happening, um, but we just need to get the legislation through now. So we get regulation in Ireland. That, that, that is the next major step for us all. And I just wondering, Mark, is there evidence uh, of a direct link between gambling ads and somebody actually gambling? Yes, there are. And one of the issues, and I know you may have spoken to those that have an addiction, and I know a number of them may have been on your programme before, but what they tell me is that when they're actually sitting down and they've been through all, all the health process, and this is public health at the moment we're talking about, they're still tempted. And that's, that's the issue here, Patricia. That, you know, temptation is still there, and that's the glorification of these ads by the gambling companies, and that's how they are tempted. So there is evidence directly from those that have developed an addiction and have actually got treatment and are still being tempted. So you can imagine if those people have had the treatment and now we have gambling ads with going out to people who have never uh, experienced treatment or don't know what gambling is about, particularly our young people, then that's a worry for so many people and that's why we need regulation here uh, and you know we need to have these discussions as we're having this morning. Yeah and as I mentioned it is uh, of all of the addictions it is such a hidden uh, addiction yeah. but we're seeing a rising level of addiction to gambling aren't we in this country? We are. And another issue that I've spoken about before is the amount of research that's carried out in this country. You know, and depending on what rural report you will read or see, you know, we could have anything from 30,000 to 50,000 people who have a gambling addiction yeah. and anything up to 150,000 people at a risk of developing a gambling addiction. But the figures are unknown and that is the biggest issue here. You know, a lot of people are putting together reports and a lot of universities have started research in Ireland at the moment, but we are mostly dependent on research from the UK and Australia and that, that's been informed our policy previously here in this country and that's simply not good enough you know we need specific policy for Ireland and that's why the gambling regulation bill is so important and we also need that research to back up that as well and a lot of us say as universities are carrying out research at the moment which would be very welcome and that's what we need to see Do you believe there's public support for an outright ban on all gambling ads across all of the platforms? 
Yes, uh, well, we've done our own research and, and it was from 70 to 80% up and I know that there's been other uh, polls that have been done which have been 60-65% so there's definitely a large majority in favour of give, giving a break and that's what we need to see, a break in gambling ads so as I say, people can go back enjoying the sports because no matter who you talk to and your listeners I'm sure are no, no different from this morning Patricia they just can't enjoy sport anymore all they see is the tsunami of gambling ads coming at them one after the other and that's what we want to do you know maybe the gambling companies know that there's something on the way uh, and this is their last chance but look that seems to be what's happening at the moment uh, and we just need to break that cycle and we just need to give people a break most importantly and I'm interested to hear you say that Belgium are going to introduce they are having a full ban on gambling ads uh, from July are they the first country to do to make such a move in Europe yeah, they are in Europe, in one of the first countries. Other countries are talking about it at the moment. The UK are probably ahead of us as well in in what they're trying to do. And this seems to be happening all around. There's a realisation in, in almost every country in the world at the moment of the cost. As I say, this is a public... Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Public health, Trisha. So many people are having to, to use services. Uh, costs are rising for, for, for that in so many countries. And Belgium have taken the lead here in Europe that they, from the 1st of July they will be introducing a 24-7 ban. Uh, other countries are discussing following that, including Ireland. And, you know, that's the conversation that we will be having through the House of the Rockets, uh, this year, as the Minister has promised. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's an urgent conversation for us all to have so we can help those people or those people that may be affected into the future. Yeah, and I mean, when you think about it, we led on the smoking ban in the workplace. We were uh, one of the first countries uh, to do that and other countries followed suit. We saw how successful that was. So we know outright bans do work. What, what reason have the government given for not going down this route of an outright ban? Well, we introduced our own bill in, 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 in the Shannon, uh, you know, two years ago, and that was discussed. And the, what, what the minister said at that particular time is that they would incorporate the, our bill into their own bill, which is the one that's going through the House of Rockets. And, you know, we really haven't debated that yet through there. So we're not fully aware of what the government are saying and why they're looking at a watershed ban of 9pm. Maybe they feel that that's going to work uh, in, in this case. But, you know, a lot of us, and, and this is cross-party as well, are saying it's simply not going to work because, as I said in, in, in our introduction, 
introduction there, Trish, this is at the time that people mostly, after they get their children to bed, are sitting down together to look at TV or social media. You know, so I feel that we need to move that that, that dial a little bit. Uh, you know, so that's why the government in, have started off and always in legislation. There's a starting point. The government then will discuss why they feel it's correct and also in the opposition and whoever else wants to get involved in the debate will feel that that dial needs to be moved. So that's the conversation we will have over the coming weeks and months. Uh, and, you know, once we get that conversation, I'd be able to say where the government are coming from. But from our point of view in the Labour Party, we feel that we need to move the dial, give people that break and allow people back to enjoying sport once again. Yeah, and it's young people in particular, Mark, that I really worry about because they can get sucked into that world of addiction so quickly. And at some, such a young age, and it could just destroy somebody's life. Can. And, and if you look at the gambling ads, I say the, the marketing companies are very good for the gambling companies because they show this great social outlet and it can be, don't get me wrong. You know, there's a lot of people who enjoy gambling and that's OK. But unfortunately for that person or that young person in particular who, you know, is not there, who's on their phone in private, uh, you know, it's, it's not glamorous. It's not glamorous at all. And you've heard the stories on your programme. And unfortunately, I've been contacted by so many people with young people and young people as young as 14, 15, 16, who are actually looking at gambling and unfortunately looking at developing a an addiction and that their parents are worried, you know, when they see them locked away in a room, what, what, what they're actually at, and, you know, and that's, that's an issue for, for, for so many people here. And it's something that we need to control. And that's why we in the Labour Party are introducing this. And, and like, as I said, Trisha, this is a cross party, you know, a number of public reps from Cox discussed this in both houses as well. So it really is something that's coming up at all our clinics. You know, t- today I'm doing a clinic in Kildare, you know, and I'm sure all throughout the country, public reps are doing the same in, in various counties. And I'm sure that somewhere today, we will find out that, that, that somebody sitting in front of us telling us their story and unfortunately that's increasing and that's why this legislation is so badly needed OK well done well done keep the pressure on uh, Mark we leave it there thank you for that thank you Trish. and thank uh, you. thanks for joining us on the programme that is uh, Labour uh, Senator Mark Wall and, and I'm assuming a lot of people would agree with him once a total ban on a gambling ads so on all media outlets so it would be across everything it would be across radio, TV it would be across all of the social media it would be the newspapers and like the Guardian newspaper in Britain I think they're possibly one of the first uh, who decided just to come out themselves because they, they know what gambling is doing and the effect it's having on people so they've done a self-imposed ban so they're saying no to advertising which is a brave, brave move on behalf of the Guardian uh, newspaper so do we need a total ban here because certainly as I mentioned when I was chatting with Ken uh, this morning, and if you if you draw attention to it now, watch. If you're on social media today or you're watching uh, TV, there are ads constantly. We're bombarded with some kind of gambling uh, ads. Do we just need a total ban? Would you be in favour? 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Let me quickly go to a text that I saw come in from Shane. And this is to do with the summer, the Cork Summer Show that was on over the weekend. And uh, Shane said, and everybody who went along said it was a fantastic event. And um, I was talking with actually Bernie, uh, who regularly produces the programme. She was there on Saturday. And I was saying, did you get wet? She said, no, there was one shower, but we managed to get out of it and it was fine and she said you know the event went and it was very busy and all of that but Shane went along and he said he got a little bit of a fright at the 25 euro entrance fee he said I was at the National Ploughing Championships last year and the entry fee was 20 euro I was expecting something similar for the Cork uh, Summer Show Um, I am how can a family expect to pay 50 euro admission price plus have to pay for uh, teenagers after travelling a long distance I feel a lower entrance fee surely would get 
more people through the gate and I, I don't know what the ent- what the official figure or if the Cork Summer Show release how many people were in and whether it was up or down on previous years. Now we did mention uh, Shane we did an interview last Thursday with the Cork Summer Show and I specifically did ask about the price of the tickets to let people know uh, in advance. I'm assuming if you get on to the organisers, they'll say the insurance costs are absolutely gone through the roof and everything. The cost of living has gone up and it is affecting everything and it's affecting even things uh, like organising a festival or organising a show uh, like that. And a, sh- a big show like that uh, has, it's a huge, it costs a huge, huge amount of money to run. So I'm, I'm assuming that if the organisers thought that they could cover all of their costs and only charge 20 euro, that's what they would have wanted to have done. But Shane thought it was just a little bit on the pricey side. I know they had, you, if you went online, you could get a family ticket for two adults and three children. I think it was 60 something euro. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know we, we were talking about that uh, last week. But Shane thought at 25 euro per person, it was too expensive. And um, actually, I don't know what the National Plowing Championships are going to charge this year, but it'll be interesting to see, will they manage to keep the entrance fee at uh, 20 again this year? And by the way, Shane, who got a bit of a fright when he went to the Cork Summer Show to discover it was 25 euro entrance fee and he said last year the National Ploughing Championship was 20 uh, euro. We've just checked and the National Ploughing Championship entrance fee for this year is uh, 25 uh, euro so it's the same price as the Cork Summer Show and someone else has pointed out that the Ploughing Championship last year was 25 euro for adults and it was 20 euro for students. I know I was there with my granddaughter and it cost me 45 euro for the two of us to get in so Shane was in correct. It must have been a couple of years ago that he went to the National Ploughing Championship where he got in for €20. The cost of all of those shows, unfortunately, have gone up. Paul Kavanagh of McCarthy Insurance uh, joins us for our monthly chat about insurance issues. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, Paul, and I want to start with a query that we had in. We had in from a listener who was wondering why, when you have a named driver on a car, when you remove the named driver, why does her insurance go up. Why is it cheaper to have a named driver on your policy? Okay, first of all, as I point out all the time, there are 20 different insurance companies doing car insurance and they all have different rules and regulations. But the most common one is that they would give a discount for insured and partner. So that would be somebody living with you. And the discount is usually in the order of about 7 to 10%. So if the person, and we get an awful lot of requests for this, uh, to remove a partner for varying reasons, people have broken up or whatever, uh, and they ask for the partner to be removed, and then they discover, well, you're you're going to lose the discount that you were getting for that. It so seems crazy because because you know one of my, the the listener who uh, who was doing exactly that was removing the the driver and then the, uh, the it was going to be an extra fifty euro was what the premium was going to be and she made the point surely it's less risky if there's only one driver on the policy. Well, that's what I'm trying to point out, and I, I try and point it out every month, really, Patricia. You have twenty different insurance companies with all different sets of rules, and they set the pace. Yeah. They decide what they're going for, whether they're going for young drivers or older drivers. What I call the perfect risk is over 30 with a car less than five years old, no penalty points and insured and partner. That, they <laughs> tell us that that is the best risk that's out there. And that's why all the online companies are always looking for those risks. Whereas if you have insured only driving, they maintain it's 
it is more riskier. That's their, what their statistics, and that's what insurance companies base it on. They also base it on penalty points, your address, your occupation, what you're doing with the car, the age of the car, etc. Not that the age is proving to be an awful lot better now because there's immobilizers nearly on all the newer cars in the last 10 years. Okay, or and shop around, of course, that's what you'd say. Well, it's shop around, and yeah. I suppose that's the basic point, and I know a lot of people say, oh, you're always on about shop around, but we do the shopping as well for all our clients. We we look at the what's what are the alternatives to make sure that they're not dropping cover, because that's what we find as well with people, is that they drop the cover, they drop their breakdown, they drop their windscreen, they drop their bonus protection uh, to get it cheaper, and then Murphy's Law kicks in, and there's an incident, and all of a sudden, then they're dealing with an increased premium due to due, due to an accident or an incident. Okay, let's move from there to travel insurance because we've had a couple of calls in from people who were worried because, of course, there is so much uh, unknown about flights and cancelled flights due to strikes, particularly the French air traffic controllers. They're notorious for going on strike in the summer months, and people are asking: Is your travel does your travel insurance cover you if there is? Flight is delayed, flight is cancelled due to a strike because there was a piece in the paper last week saying to people, you need to check the small print that seemingly not all travel insurance might cover you if it was a cancellation due to a strike. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, uh, There are about a half dozen companies doing travel insurance uh, on the market and the covers vary and the clauses vary. So the the advice that was given is quite correct. You need to check it to, to see that you are covered in the event of a strike because I actually read in one particular policy that a strike was excluded. Now, the main cover that I would advise clients, and I've used this myself, if your flight is delayed three hours or over, you are entitled to compensation from the airline and large compensation from the airline. So that would be my first port call. But I'm not uh, deviating away from the travel insurance. Travel insurance, uh, as I always say to people, comes after the event. So if you're sitting in the airport and you're after being sitting there for three hours and nothing's happening and they're saying it's French traffic control or whatever, I mean, looking at your policy document at that stage is a little or no use. And actually, until you get back from your holidays, you really can't do anything about it. So... Uh, the real thing there is to, if, if you're buying a travel insurance policy, check it out. The main ones there, Blue Insurance, AXA, uh, Allianz, AA, they all deal in that. We really don't get involved in that. We do corporate travel for our commercial customers and annual travel. But some of them policies that cost 20 and 30 euros, between you, me and the wall, I don't think they're worth the paper they're written on. Yeah, it's very hard to claim back from. Very hard to claim, and it's after the event, and people yeah. must always remember that. It's when you get back home, and if your holiday hasn't been great as a result of all this, it's very, very trying. That's yeah. all I can yeah. say. Yeah, and then you're into, and yet, if you are travelling abroad, you do need to have some kind of travel insurance with you, I think, from a health point of well, view, if nothing else, because if, so if, if something goes wrong health-wise. You, yeah. you need your European card. Yeah. Your European car, the old, yeah, the E111s, citizen yeah. E111, yeah, get you into every single hospital that you can imagine. Would you believe the best hospitals in Europe will get you in, right? So that's my, always my first protocol. Don't forget your E111 card, and they are available. You can book it online. They're free, and they arrive in the post, and they're free. Yeah, yeah. So you get you, that's my first protocol. Second protocol is if you're delayed over three hours, 
you can claim directly from the airline and I've done it and it's very very good and it works mm. okay, okay because you're in the, we're in the EU and that's one of the benefits of being in the EU travel insurance absolutely essential if you're travelling outside Europe definitely if you're going to the state yeah, yeah the states or Australia or yeah Taiwan or America get your travel insurance because your own health insurance will only cover you for so much. The, the E111 card doesn't work, so you really do need it if you're travelling outside of Europe. But it, it's, a, it's a matter of consideration at this stage whether you want to buy travel insurance or not. Okay, and then the other issue I want to address today, because we're, we're yet again on our weather forecast, advertising or telling people, you know, uh, heavy, very heavy showers this afternoon, this evening, thunderstorms. I'm at here and saying we could get some localised flooding. I mentioned how bad it was in Tralee over the weekend. Yep. My heart went out uh, to people. Um, are you getting calls in about flooding? Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And our office in Tralee, obviously, was inundated ah. this morning. You know, you can well imagine uh, a lot of the bigger premises were hit. It seems to have been concentrated, would you believe, outside of the main town. But Denny, Denny Street, if anybody knows Tralee well, they're on the, on the main street where, where, where you have a number of shops, including Penny's. Uh, that was hit and, and the shores were blocked. I'm sorry, I have to call this out now as it is. The shores were blocked. They couldn't take the amount of water that was coming as well. Somebody said to me it was biblical, you know. Mm. Uh, and another person said to me it's an act of God. It's not an act of God. I, I hate that word. If if people have, have got their insurance, if they have flood insurance, if they have storm insurance, then they need to check it out, obviously, to make sure that they're covered for this. But the drains, we, we could have avoided all this. And you know what? I'm looking out here now in Cork City as I speak to you, and I don't see anybody out cleaning drains. I and particularly when Matt Aaron are saying that over the next, yeah, the next couple of days, I mean, we had some torrential downpours. Um, I witnessed some torrential downpours in North Cork on Saturday. It was unreal. Um, and then I was travelling over the weekend and you could see flooding on the roads and you could see where drains were blocked. They were blocked, yes. I saw myself. There's silt inside them and, and it's caked up in inside them as well. And it's tough and hard and it won't go. It means that the, the, the six-inch pipe is now a three-inch pipe and that means half the water is not going down. And I think the people in Tralee told me it took nearly an hour for the water to go down. It eventually went down the drains, but it took nearly an hour to go down. And it was in that hour that they all ran into trouble and you had cars driving through it as well and people taking videos and that did not help. So if we get it in any of our towns here in Cork, please, everybody, the, the advice is stay off the road. Mm. Don't, don't be going looking around with your phone to try and take videos because you're only going to drive the water in the door of somebody else's house. And, it's, it's and, such... and the call, out, call out to the council, let's get out there. Uh, uh, to the council engineers and let's get them drains cleared. And check the drains, yeah. And we go, we go back, um, Paul, that every single time we talk about this, the man with the shovel who used to be there knew, yep. knew all the drains and had them, all, had them all cleaned ready for when we got this rain of biblical proportions. Absolutely. 
absolutely. And I'm myself, I know, know all the residents in, in my local area. I am always keeping them. And we got new drains recently. There was a hallelujah when we saw the new drains going in. Because, and I said, no, let's, let's keep them clear. Mm. OK, all right. Listen, good advice as always, uh, Paul. Stay dry and hopefully we won't get uh, any flooding uh, here in Cork. But as I say, there are thunderstorms uh, advertised uh, by Metair. And listen, Paul, thank you for that and thanks for joining thank us. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, thank bye-bye. You. bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Paul Kavanagh of uh, the McCarthy Insurance Group. 0818-103-103. We are going to have Annalise Drissel joining us in the next hour. If you have a nutritional question for Annalise, I can already see some of been coming through this morning on text and WhatsApp, so keep them coming. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 and John Paul is also uh, taking the calls at 0818 103 103 and of course you can always contact us via the C103 app if you don't already have our app download it now from the App Store. And Michael and Bantry is, is scratching his head and wondering does anybody else feel the same as him? Michael recently moved into a new house and he's fond of a spot of gardening so he's taken up gardening in the new house. He reckons he's been gardening for the last 30 years uh, or so but he's noticed this year and maybe it's to do with the garden he's moved into I don't know. He said there's more insects than ever. He said over recent years there seemed to be a decline in the number of insects but he said this year there's more insects than ever. Now could that be to do with the fact that people are spraying less insecticides? I hate to see people out uh, pray, spraying any kind of uh, gar- you know, uh, weed spray because we know what it, what it can do to the environment and I know I've, I've definitely been listening to Peter Dowdell, our gardening expert over the years. He hates the thought of anybody spraying anything. So maybe it's to do with that. Maybe the, it's to do with less spraying that's going on, which is allowing the insect population to flourish. I don't know. But has anybody else noticed more insects in the garden this year than on previous years? Your thoughts welcome to 0818 103 103. We were talking about bin collections earlier. Uh, Mary says, uh, hi, Patricia, I'm living in the West Limerick area. Our bin collection used to always collect our bins at about 4am in the morning but of late uh, they've started collecting at 1pm in the day now that could have been that they were caught under that curfew even though it's Limerick I don't know if Limerick County Council or different Cork County Council Cork County Council have the curfew that in built up areas bins can't be collected before 6am that's not to say though that that's not happening that's why we uh, focused on it uh, today but it could be in your area as well that there was too many complaints going in about a 4am pick up time and instead of course bins are collected right throughout the day you know it generally speaking is early enough in the morning but bins are collected I certainly would have um, I my bins are left out when I go to work and certainly by the time I'm home early afternoon uh, they are uh, emptied. 0818103103 still getting calls in about the price of the summer show and the ploughing festival and shows in general and was, you know and I was defending the organisers saying look everything has gone up in price which includes admission to any of these uh, shows somebody reckons 20 euro is enough to pay into any of these shows this is if he has 25 euro is simply too expensive and someone else is pointing out that at the summer show this weekend, children under 12 were admitted free, whereas 12-year-olds and over, you paid €5 euro, and then it was €25 euro for adults, with this texture saying there was probably a reduction as well for old-age pensioners. So this listener is suggesting a what they would see would be a fairer pricing structure. 
What if you chat, and we'll open this up to see how families feel about this. What if rather than under 12s going into any of these events for free, start charging for all the smallies. So children under 12 would be charged, this listener is saying, five euro. The children then over 12 would be charged 10 euro. And by doing that, you generate more income more revenue, which means then that the adult ticket could reduce to between, say, between 15 and 20. Now, single people or adults on their own going to a show like that would be saying, yeah, that certainly would suit us. But I can straight away hear families saying, oh, hang on a tick. I can't leave half of my children at home. If I want to bring, say, three children, it's going to be more expensive for me. So I could see a divide there between families going in with children versus people not going into any of those shows with uh, without children. Anyway, somebody says, I think that would be a fairy, fairer pricing structure. Structure. All of these shows seem to fleece adults, particularly adults that are going in without children. Your thoughts welcome on that. 0818 103 103. Hi, Patricia. What is happening to this country? It seems to be going down the tubes and I feel a lot of the influence is coming from the Green Party because the Green Party are in uh, government at, at the moment. All of the other parties seem to be just nodding their heads to everything that the Green Party want. My God, Charlie Hawhey and many other former politicians may have been rogues in their day, but I felt they always put the people first. We have beef now coming in from Brazil. Irish farming has been destroyed. We've got bored Nimona not allowed to produce their own peat anymore. What's happening? Peat coming in from Latvia, Brigettes coming in from Poland. Um, it, we are fast. It fast feels like we're living in a country that has been run by a dictatorship, says this listener, who is not happy with what's going on with the government and in particular the influence they feel of the Green Party. And hi, Patricia. During lockdown, I had the pleasure of working on a dairy farm. Life went on as normal. We still did our jobs plenty of fresh air and thank God none of us picked up COVID during the pandemic. But we watched, as everybody did around the country, we watched the news every single night and saw how the environment was coming back to its natural beauty. It wasn't just happening here in Ireland, it was happening all over the world and that was due to transportation coming to a standstill. We still had the same amount of animals in the world, but weirdly, weirdly enough, our cows burping didn't seem to be doing any harm then by the looks of the beautiful pictures of lakes and canals, etc., that have been shown from countries all over the world affected by the pandemic. What I'm worried about is not reducing our car numbers, not reducing our cow numbers, but not big on numbers anyway. But my problem is that it's making no sense. I'm looking out at our cows and cattle now munching away in their beautiful green grass surrounded by trees. If we have a reduction in the herd number, there's nothing stopping people then bringing beef in from Brazil, etc. What happens in Brazil? They cut down the rainforests or else use enormous factory farms with no trees offsetting their carbon footprint. It seems pointless for us to even be talking about a cull of our herd. We're only a drop in the ocean compared to the damage that's been done by some of the larger countries. And that signed a very upset 
farmer looking out at what sounds like idyllic at the moment, his cattle out on gorgeous lush green fields. And you are right when you look at what's happening in the rainforest and we're constantly hearing from environmentalists how important the rainforests are. But of course, the farmers in Brazil are trying to produce more beef because their beef is going all over the world. And the only way they can do that is by cutting down the rainforest or having these enormous farms. And it's a very different cattle product is produced than the ones we produce in this country. 0818 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. Bingo is continuing tonight in Butterfront GAA uh, Hall. It's on at 8 o'clock. The jackpot is 5,200. There's an in-house lotto. There's a mini jackpot and 50-50 all to play for everyone is welcome. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Annam Cara will hold their West Cork face-to-face meeting in Mill Court in Bandon at 7.15. All bereaved parents are welcome, regardless of the circumstances of the death or the age of the child. For further information on this event and all other supports that Annam Cara offer, their information line is open at 085 288888 or you can email info at annamcara.ie. Travellers' Pride event is going ahead in Charleville Public Park tomorrow, Tuesday. Everyone is welcome to come along and join in a celebration of traveller culture, traditions, music, heritage, arts and uh, crafts. And Skull Nave Porik in Kanturk. Their official opening ceremony and blessing will take place this Friday at 11am. Their special guest will be Bishop William Crane and the Minister for Education, Norma Foley. All are very welcome. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And Barbara North Cork said, interesting that you were talking about insurance today. Did you see that case in the paper out of County Clare where a small business owner decided to fight a personal injury claim and won? I wish more businesses would do the same because ultimately we all end up paying for these uh, claims, be they an exaggerated ca- claim or be they uh, a false claim. And I did, I did, Barbara, th- thank you for reminding me of it because I had it I had it marked down as something that I wanted to give a mention to if I could squeeze it in. It's, um, it's a family run business and they spent years, got out them, defending a personal injury claim. Now, it was a personal injury claim by somebody who was employed by the, the company. Now, the owner said it actually didn't feel like a win despite the fact that the case was withdrawn. Now, what happened was the employee made a personal injury claim after falling down a flight of stairs. The employee was carrying a vacuum cleaner at the time. Now, photographs of him doing landscaping work at a time when he alleged he was still suffering from severe pain was shown at the High Court in Limerick. And shortly after the video evidence was shown, he confirmed he would no longer be continuing with the case. Now, it's Marie Clifford. She is the Managing Director of Advanced Technological Concepts. They're a company based uh, out of Shannon in County Clare. And she said defending this claim 
took a significant financial and emotional toll on uh, on her. Now, the incident happened a number of years ago. It was back in 2017. And the claim was only brought two years later. And of course, you have up to two years before the statute of limitations expires. It was just under the two years the the guy decided to take uh, the case. Now, she's quoted in the papers as saying, look, we're a small business. We're just ordinary people trying to do their best and trying to take care of everyone. And she said it was a kick in the stomach when you get a claim, particularly a claim like this, that you really were not expecting. She said there's an awful lot of time and an awful lot of money goes into it. And she said you do question whether it is worth fighting it at all because of all of the negative energy it brings with it and all the time that has to be spent on it. Now, the plaintiff who was working as a store operative with the company alleged that the state were slippery. The company was negligent by causing him to lift a vacuum cleaner down the stairs and also negligent by failing to provide any instructions or training to him on how he should carry a vacuum cleaner down the stairs. Uh, He says he was shocked, distressed, upset, embarrassed and in pain following the fall. An x-ray showed no bone injuries. He then was referred for an MRI that revealed some degenerative changes in his uh, discs. He said he had ongoing problems with his right knee. He then underwent surgery. Following the fall, he said he had severe pain requiring regular medication in his lower back, his left buttock and in his leg, which he didn't have prior to the accident. So the company, in fairness to them, paid for him to have regular physiotherapy. They also referred him to their company uh, doctor. So Marie Clifford, the managing director, said... They didn't dispute that he'd fallen down uh, the stairs, but she said that as the claim progressed, the injuries just seemed to be getting more and more severe. Now, it turns out, and the the guy, the employee, isn't named, by the way, he rejected an award of 22,000. That was from PIAP, the Personal Injury Assessment Board. That was back in April of uh, 2020 and said, no, I want more than 22,000. So he proceeded to the High Court. Now, then the case wasn't heard until April of this year and actually before the hearing a settlement offer was made to the company's insurer Aviva but they decided to reject it. Then a private investigator took surveillance photos of the plaintiff doing landscaping work and then a decision was made by Aviva let's defend this case all uh, the way and obviously that's what happened then the, the, the piece of Video footage got shown in the court and he decided to withdraw it. And the owner says, you can't go and get any competitive quote from other insurance when you have a pending uh, claim uh, as no other insurance company will obviously touch you while you have this outstanding case. But she did say, in fairness to Aviva, her premium didn't seem uh, to suffer. But she said, who knows what would have happened if she had lost the case, she said she probably would have seen an increase. And she went on you know, to point out, which is the point that Barbara is making as well. We all pay higher premiums because of these, these claims. If you get an exaggerated claim, if you get any kind of a false claim, you know, you're right. We, we all, all of our insurance premiums, we pay extra because of so many exaggerated and false claims. Now, there's very genuine claims and people who have a genuine, genuinely in, in, 
injured do deserve uh, compensation but it's it's the amount of claims and what always gets to me what always galls me is when you see somebody in court and it'll be revealed after they get their settlement they'll have had a number of other claims against them nobody could have been that unlucky to have been involved in that many accidents and we know there's been car accidents that has been staged and it always almost seems easier for insurance companies they just decide to settle rather than fight it so I have to say well done to this particular company and also to the insurance company Aviva who decided to fight it as well because sometimes it can just be easier to pay the person off and of course these and they are scam artists they know that in many cases that's what will happen the insurance company will simply pay it off and be done with it and get rid of it and they know it's easy money it really is so so well done um, as soon as the evidence where he's meant to have had a really bad back uh, which was what he was claiming for and you can't really have a bad back if you're out doing landscaping work. Uh, I mentioned about the insurance claims and exaggerated or fraudulent claims particularly with that employer in uh, County Clare. Uh, hi Patricia, yes indeed there are fraudulent claims but let's not forget some employers do cut corners on safety with detrimental results for their staff. I would say most genuine claims have x-ray and MRIs to prove that they were damaged as is stated and when the medical evidence stands up then they're entitled to a claim 100% and I did make that point that if somebody's entitled to it but what I'm talking about is exaggerated or false claims in this particular case the x-ray showed absolutely no bone injuries and the MRI actually revealed degenerative changes in the discs that was not not in any way related uh, to this uh, false so it was an exaggerated claim because the video evidence showed that he was out doing landscaping work at a time that he was saying he was in such severe pain he couldn't even go uh, to work but yeah if a claim is genuine 100% with that person uh, thank you for your text and Bar in the City is wondering has anybody any suggestions uh, she feels her house at the moment is riddled with midges tiny little flies I think they're fruit flies are they I've noticed a lot of them at the moment I think it's more to do uh, with the hot weather Annalise Drussell our nutritional therapist is on the line she may even have a suggestion on that one good afternoon Annalise good afternoon Patricia and I do actually yeah uh, go on peppermint what would you oil. peppermint oil yeah, so peppermint oil. In actual fact, I have a couple of um, um, farmer customers who use it when they're milking as well to keep the flies down around the cows when they're milking. So, And it's a great one as well in the winter, to, uh, in the autumn, to put around door frames and window frames to stop the spiders from coming in, people who are afraid of spiders. So I think the best way is to kind of, I suppose, dab the peppermint oil around the place, but it is an oil, so be careful of your paintwork. What I'd often do, Patricia, is I'd mix probably half a bottle of the essential oil in with a small bit of um, maybe vodka in a spray bottle. And I spray it in the air and I spray it around the place because the the alcohol will dissolve the oil and make it easier to spray around. And I just would spray it and it does make a big difference. What a waste of vodka. Well, you could maybe keep your mouth open while you're spraying, <laughs> Patricia. <laughs> and obviously, <laughs> <a spare> drop. <laughs> and obviously, the peppermint oil—that's um, got a nice smell. It's just it's that they, yeah, they yeah. don't like the smell. Is it the smell? I think it's the smell. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't like the smell of peppermint oil. Okay, let's get straight into questions. And Mary got this one in nice and early, so I want to make sure that I get this question uh, in. Mary says, "Hi, I suffer badly from motion sickness, and I have to take a bus from Cork to Dublin later on in the summer." Even the thought of it is making me nauseous. Could Annalise recommend anything? Would something like ginger capsules help? Or is there anything else like travel bans? Anything at all to help me, please, said Mary. 
Yeah, there used to be a fantastic homeopathic remedy for travel sickness by Nelson's, and unfortunately it's no longer sold in Ireland. Um, but maybe if you could have a look online, you might be able to find that. Um, it was called Travelena, I think it was called. Um, and it was a blend of different homeopathic remedies. So if you can't get your hands on that, try homeopathic Nuxvom. It's spelled N-U-X-V-O-M. It's very good, actually, Patricia, if you're feeling nauseous for any reason. If you're hungover, it's a great one as well. Um, after your vodka, Patricia. So, <laughs> uh, Nux could be a good alternative. And you can get travel bans um, and the acupressure bans as well. And the other thing as well is just to keep looking at the horizon, because I know that definitely helps if you're seasick, is to keep your eye on the horizon at all times. So don't read in the car um, or when you're travelling, just keep out and keep looking at the horizon. An empty stomach travelling, would that help? I think it still feel that nausea, Patricia. Yeah, you know, it's, it's horrible. Like, yeah, it's horrible. And you know people who get vertigo get that same nausea and they're actually treated with a travel sickness drug called oh. Demetol. In fact, Demetol is a very good travel sickness drug um, and I think you now can get it over the counter. So I would take the Nuxvam and I would take the Stematol as well. Yeah, and good luck on, on the journey, but there is nothing more. I used to try, I used to suffer from it as a child. I'm okay now as an adult, but I certainly can't read in a bus, a car or even on a train. I'll get that travel sickness feeling. Yeah, it's unpleasant. Yeah. And it's, it's to do with the head. So really even an empty stomach. An empty stomach might help you from vomiting, but it won't yeah. help yeah. with the sickness. You can also get um, gingins or ginger sweets. And they can be good because they're quite strong in ginger, but there's also a little bit of sugar in them, so they do keep your blood sugar up. Okay. So that could be a good one to try. Good luck on the journey, Mary. Hi, could you ask Annalise, uh, please, if one can take omega-3 or 7 for rosacea and anxiety? And also, I'm looking for a suggestion of a supplement for an 18-year-old really run down due to stress and the end of her exams. Okay, so omega-3s and the omega fats are what they call essential oils, Patricia, so we can't make them in our body, we have to take them in in our diet. Omega-3 is a very good natural anti-inflammatory. There's two different kinds. One is a great natural anti-inflammatory and one is brilliant, a really essential component for brain tissue and nervous tissue. So in terms of helping anxiety, I think they probably don't have an immediate effect, but they do help to keep the brain and nervous system ticking over. Certainly, they'd have a preventative effect in terms of, um, you know, uh, onset of dementia and Alzheimer's and all of that. They're also very heart healthy, keep your skin healthy, but not what I would choose so much for anxiety. Omega-7, fantastic for skin, fantastic for anything dry, good for all the mucous membranes. So great for dry eye, great for your skin. Um, So it could be good for rosacea, but again, not something I would recommend. So in terms of rosacea, a lot of it, you have to kind of work with the stomach. A lot of people um, would have um, stomach issues that suffer from rosacea. So taking a probiotic can really help. But I think the key is trying to get the stomach issues um, under under control. There's also a lovely supplement um, if it's the type of rosacea where you get more little spots. There's a lovely supplement uh, by Viridian called Clear Skin Complex, and we get great um, results with that. And then there is a probiotic specifically for the skin by a company called Bionutri called Dermodophilus. So you could try that combination. And some people do really well using the Antiac face products. They do a wash and a spray. And there's also a type of cream that you can put on, Patricia, called Rosalie. And it's like a little miracle in a bottle. Um, it covers up the it's a kind of a green cream, but it does provide fantastic coverage for rosacea. Um, and it doesn't look green in your skin. It just seems to tone down the red color. 
So that combination for rosacea, then for anxiety, what we'd normally recommend would be um, maybe herbs like rhodiola and ashwagandha. These will help improve your threshold, I suppose, for stress and your, increase your ability to cope over time. But they do take maybe four to six weeks to kick in. And then immediate assistance for anxiety would be the L-theanine is fantastic. Uh, Maconta, they do a really nice L-theanine and an ornithine complex. We get really good um, feedback on that all of the time. And um, Viridian do a lovely L-theanine with lemon balm complex as well. And cannabis oil can also work in the moment like the L-theanine to reduce feelings of anxiety. So that would be for that lady. And then for the 18-year-old, what I would suggest is a combination of two things, actually. I'd suggest a good multivitamin just for a, as a tonic. Um, the source of life gold is very good. The Oxylent is very good. But you could also take the Nutri-Advanced Women's Multi, which has got a lot of stuff for hormone balance in there as well. And then the second thing I would take is a, a product called Resilience by Nutri-Advanced. And it's a fantastic one to help you through times of stress. It's a combination of all the things I've just mentioned previously for anxiety, plus a few more just to kind of give your um, your system a boost. So that's called Resilience, and it's by a company called Nutri-Advance. Okay, and you're not on your own. There's a lot of kids coming to the end of the exams, and they found it very, very stressful uh, indeed. Uh, hi, uh, Annelies. Uh, looking for your views on intermittent fasting, and is it beneficial for an autoimmune disease? Also, if you are a fan of fasting, is it okay to take a herbal tea? while you are fasting? So intermittent fasting is where you just eat within a, a, a short window, Patricia. Some people eat within a window of four hours and some people eat within a window of eight hours and then some people 12. So you can fast for 12 hours, 16 hours or 20 hours depending. Um, some people swear by it, Patricia. Um, it's gotten very popular. It's uh, kind of extends the period where your body is in repair mode because when you're not eating at night time, your body goes into what they call autophagy. It just gets rid of all the old cells that aren't working, repairs things that aren't working well and just does a general cleanup. So by fasting, you extend that period. So it could have a very beneficial effect for autoimmune disease. But I've started reading a bit of research recently on it for the long term um, and it may not be suitable for everybody because if you're fasting, you're reducing your stress hormones um, in the body because they have to help balance your blood sugar. And that can, in the long term, um, affect certain people. It might even lead to kind of a redistribution of fat around the middle. So I would suggest try it, see how you get on with it. But if you don't find a benefit, doesn't help with your autoimmune, I would say go back to your normal three meals a day. Okay, this is relevant now for the time that's uh, in it. A listener says, uh, hi, advice please from Annalise. My daughter and my two little grandsons are suffering terribly at the moment with hay fever. Her youngest had to actually come out of one of his exams after one hour last Monday because he was so unwell. They were visiting on Saturday for Father's Day, but all of them had to leave over itchy eyes and nose and sneezing. They're using Telfast, 180 milligrams, but they're really getting no relief from it. Any suggestions, please? I've heard so many people suffering from hay fever at the moment. Well, I think it's because the pollen count is really dry, Patricia. Yeah. I don't know if your listeners have noticed this, but I have noticed this year an incredible amount of blooms on the trees. Like, I've never seen the white thorn as I saw it this year, so heavy with blossom. And even my um, dancing ladies, my fuchsia down in West Cork, they're all out and there's a huge amount of the flowers on the, on the trees. And um, most like the blooms on my roses, my climbing roses, are phenomenal this year. So I think that... 
possibly to do with the weather. There's a lot more blooms, therefore a lot more pollen in the air. And because it's dry, we're getting it. So um, a couple of just kind of practical tips, I suppose, would be to maybe wear a mask if you're going to be out in the garden doing gardening, cutting grass or playing in grass. Put Vaseline up into the nose so that it'll uh, trap the pollen. You can also get something called hay balm, which effectively does the same thing. Uh, you can take natural um, antihistamines. Quercetin is a very good natural antihistamine. It's spelled Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. Uh, and BioCare and Maconta, they both do a very good quercetin complex. Stinging nettle is very good. And there is a, a, a homeopathic combination remedy called Pollinasan, P-O-L-L-I-N-A-S-A-N. Um, so they can take a bit of time to kick in, Patricia, but I think we're in for a dry summer, so it might be worth starting the kids on that now. And then you can also get um, an eye drops and nasal spray with some Luffa in there, which is, again, a natural antihistamine by a company called Fusion, and A. Vogel does um, Luffa eye drops as well. So go into your health shop, stock up on everything, I would say, and try them with everything. But Keep your windows closed in the daytime to stop the wind, the pollen going in and just keep them open at night. Just practical tips like that as well. Yeah, because when it rains, does that dampen down the pollen a bit? You see, I just think it's probably not travelling as far, Patricia. You know, when it's dry, yeah, yeah. the pollen can travel. It's so light in the air. But once it rains, I suppose it gets damp and falls to the ground. So there's just not as much of it in the air that we're breathing in. Yeah, I just I was chatting to somebody over the weekend who felt they got a bit of relief when the rain arrived and we were discussing why that would be. So that does make sense. Now, could you please ask Annalise, what would you recommend for piles slash hemorrhoids? Because they can be extremely pain- painful. And also this one, so how do you prevent them? So obviously somebody's getting reoccurring piles. Okay, so reoccurring generally, I, I would say that I would, the first question I'd ask is, are you suffering from constipation? Because those, the piles really are basically, I think, they're um, blood vessels uh, that have just swollen and, and formed a kind of a, a pile, basically, a kind of a polyp, a lump. And they can be very itchy, sore and painful. So if you're constipated, you're putting pressure on those veins around that area and that's what's causing them, I would say. So in terms of that, resolve constipation by making sure that you have plenty of fibre in your diet. Add a big tablespoon of psyllium husk onto your breakfast cereal in the morning. That's a soluble fibre, so it can help soften the stool. Um, drink plenty of water with that. You can take natural laxatives like magnesium. I love the um, Aloe Pura. They do a colon complex, which is a really nice natural laxative with magnesium and, and aloe vera and um, other extracts in there. And it's quite gentle, so it works. You know, it's 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 not like the other laxatives where you would have huge urgency. This just works very gently overnight. So that would be resolving the root cause of it. And then to treat them, we get great feedback. On the best feedback we get is on the Delish Clare Pile Cream. It's also called Witch Hazel Cream, and we get fantastic feedback on that, especially from um, from pregnant ladies, where it really does become a problem during pregnancy. Um, so you could try that, um, and also aloe vera is another lovely soothing uh, gel that can be applied directly around the area that can help bring bring down the swelling and itching as well. Actually, somebody wanted to know, is aloe vera any good for constipation? Yeah, it's again, it's a soluble fibre, so it is great for constipation. Oh, great. Um, so take, but you need to take quite a bit. You need to take about three or four tablespoons, Patricia. Okay, and then someone has been diagnosed with gallstones and has heard that castor oil is good for gallstones, yay or nay? I would be saying no to that, Patricia. And the reason being is that 
if you take a lot of fat in and you've gallstones, if your your gallbladder is responsible for helping you with fat digestion, so if you've got a problem with gallstones, you'll be in pain, but you'll also feel very nauseous when you take high fat foods. So taking castor oil is not going to do anything for the gallstones, and it's actually going to make you feel very sick. So there are two herbs that you could try to soften gallstones. Malic acid, which comes from apples, but buy it as a supplement rather than drinking the apple juice. And also something called Quebra Pedra, Q-U-E-B-R-A, Pedra, P-E-D-R-A, a South American herb also known as Stonebreaker. And they can help soften the gallbladder. There's also a supplement called Taracin, T-A-R-A-C-Y-N. And that's very good if the gallbladder is inflamed and if you're in pain because there's some lovely natural and anti-inflammatory stuff in there for gallbladder. Okay, listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that. Have a lovely week. We'll talk again next Monday. That's Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic. And you could go to her website this afternoon because everything that she's mentioned today as heard on the radio will feature on her website which is healthhubstore.com and later on this afternoon as well John Paul will put Annalise's piece up as a uh, individual podcast on uh, C103 and somebody has said go easy on the vodka Patricia of course I will. Well that's where we wrap it up for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards will keep you company right throughout the afternoon and we're back with you tomorrow morning at 10 until then I'm Patricia Messenger. A very good Monday afternoon. Court today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk They walk the walk. CMIG.ie